We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Bear Report Podcast. My name is Jeremy Stoltz. I'm the publisher of BearReport.com. Here today again for the second time in Week 8 with Bears insider Aaron Lemming. How are you feeling this Thursday? Oh, you know, it's... Well, I'm, you know, we'll get into it, but I'm I'm feeling a little little froggy. You know, this is the first time I think the Bears have made an in-season trade to actually get somebody in quite a while. And uh, it's a big game this, this Sunday going into a bye week. And I think a lot of fans can relate in the fact that, I mean... If you lose going into a bye week, especially with a, I'd say this is a pretty decently big game, then it's it kind of sets the sets the mood a little. You know, it's, it, it kind of sucks because you got to wait a whole nother week for them. Uh, you know, outside of the outside of the six days here, I got to wait anyway. So you know, a win on Sunday, I think, would do a lot for uh, fans' morale, and I think it'd make it an exciting uh, two weeks, even having to wait. You know. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, yeah, it is depressing to you know. You mentioned last week the difference between four and four and and, and three and five is going to be huge, especially going into a bye week where then you're you know Bears fans are sitting there for two weeks looking at a five hundred team that's right in the playoff race, having won just two straight, um, you know, or three straight NFC uh, games. So that would uh, definitely. Uh, brighten the mood for Bears fans, but hey, you know Bears are on a two two game win streak right now. It hasn't been this good since 2015, and they made a move this week to address the the b- weakest position on the team. They traded a seventh round pick to the Chargers for Dontrell Inman, a uh, former undrafted free agent. Actually played a little bit in the in uh, the CFL, played for two years there, and uh, eventually uh, caught on with the Chargers, where he's played for the last three seasons. Had a little bit of success. Uh, his role in San Diego grew uh, each season that he was there. And in t- and last year, he caught 58 passes for 810 yards and four touchdowns. Now, the, the Chargers were real banged up last year. I think the Chargers were the only team with more players on IR than the Bears, right? Uh, I think it was them and the, I want to say the Ravens, too. Okay. Yeah, it was. they had a ton of injuries last yeah. year, especially at receiver. <laughs> yeah, the re- so, I mean, that was a, a big part of, you know, the, the increased production for Inman. Uh, the year before that, he had seven starts, played 14 games, caught 35 passes for 486 yards and three three touchdowns. Uh, didn't do a whole lot as rookie year in 2014. So this year, he uh, the, here's the interesting thing about Immin is that the Chargers put a second-round tender on him this offseason uh, as he was a restricted free agent. So they obviously felt 
highly about him. I mean, we're talking about a 6'3", 205-pound, 28-year-old wide receiver. and uh, But the next thing you knew, he was buried in the depth chart. I mean, the Chargers do have some talent at wide receiver, but Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, uh, Tyrell Williams, Travis Benjamin, all those guys uh, jumped ahead of Inman on the depth chart and really had no role and then played four games, caught two passes for nine yards. So now he comes to a, a scenario where he he was the fifth guy. Now he might be the number one guy. What, what are your thoughts on the move? Well, I like it. Uh, I, I think, especially for those of you don't, that don't know, I'm all the way in California. So I, I've seen, and sometimes not really by choice, but I've seen a pretty decent amount of the Chargers over the last few years, and especially last year. I mean, they, they were, like Jeremy just mentioned, I mean, they were nailed by injuries for the majority of the year, and Keenan Allen went out, uh, you know, and they just they, they had a lot of injuries, and, and Inman stepped up into a pretty sizable role last year in I mean, he had. You look at the numbers, and it's you know a little over 800 yards and the the four touchdowns, and you'd say, okay, that's that's not bad, but that's not overly good. But trust me, I mean, he he played really well last year, and I think really this this year is kind of a numbers game. I mean, they wanted to get more talented at the receiver position. I could be wrong on this, uh, so don't quote me on it. But I think Benjamin is going into his first year uh, with San Diego, and then they also added uh, Mike Williams as well. So. I mean, and plus Keenan Allen was hurt all year last year and he came back. And, I mean, he's their number one receiver. But, I mean, this is somebody who automatically should slot in as their top receiver. Uh, what is interesting about this move to me is the fact that, yeah, he is 6'3". I think he's around 210. Um, but he's actually more of a slot guy. So this is going to be very interesting. And Dell Loggins actually, actually mentioned something about that. It's going to be interesting to see how they use that because Kendall Wright is also kind of just a slot guy. Uh, but the thing with Inman is, I mean, he's got good size. Uh, he can go up for the ball, get the ball. Uh, the, the thing that stands out to me with him is that he's a very good route runner and he's a very, uh, he, he sells his routes very well. And there was multiple times last year going back and just kind of rewatching some stuff because I got bored where the defensive back was either, you know, standing there on a double move and had no clue what happened or the defensive backs were falling down. I mean, this is somebody who he, he I mean, he's easily the best receiver. It's just that simple. I don't know if he'll end up putting up that production, but I think it's a good move. I mean, he's 28. He'll be 29 by the time next year rolls around. But he's somebody that uh, he, he's one of those guys, you know, you give up a conditional seventh round pick. I don't know the conditions on that. Uh, you know, so I just assume it's going to be a seventh round pick. But He's somebody that the Bears are essentially going to bring in for, I'd say, an, an eight-game tryout. Because uh, if he plays this week, I don't think it'll be much just because he's going to be learning the offense. But, I mean, this is somebody who can come in and if he plays well, uh, you know, let's just say he throws up five, 600 yards uh, the remainder of the season. I mean, that would be a big impact for the Bears. And he's somebody that a lot of teams around the league aren't going to really be looking for to sign to a big deal. So if he has a good year, he works well with Trubisky, everything works out, then he's somebody that the Bears – can easily extend for two or three years, uh, you know, relatively cheap, three, four, five million dollars a year. Uh, so, I mean, there's really not much to dislike about this move. I mean, I know a lot of people, oh, why would you give away a pick for somebody like that? It's a seventh round pick. I mean, outside of Charles Leno, I can't even remember the last impactful seventh round pick the Bears have had. Yeah, I agree with you. The cost is is minimal in this, and it's a it's a low risk move. I, I mean, Brian Pace has already proven that if he if he gets rid of a pick, he can always find a way to uh, to get it back. And we're talking about a seventh round pick, so. Uh, I, but I, I do think you're right. I think he steps into a situation where he is the best receiver on the team. And I thought what was really telling, and you, you mentioned Kendall Wright uh, and, and kind of how they play the same role, but Kendall Wright 
only got eight snaps last week where uh, Trey McBride played 20 offensive snaps and Tanner Gentry played 33 offensive snaps. So, you know, Kendall Wright is trying to be in phased out of the offense. He is not anywhere near the player that he was when uh, Dow Loggins first had him in, in Tennessee. He doesn't have the burst. I mean, I, I knew from the very start from training camp that he wasn't going to be uh, have any type of real impact other than maybe a number four type of guy. I don't think he's he has the burst or the speed or the quickness uh, that he had when he was in at Baylor, and he, you know he's not that type of slot receiver who can take advantage of those one-on-one opportunities. I mean, we haven't seen him make a play. I mean, he's made a couple of plays here and there, but I mean, he's not reliable in any way. So I think you know right now, yeah, Enman steps into an offense that has just forgotten how to to throw the football to wide receivers. Last week, uh, Tanner Gentry was the only wide receiver to catch pass. He caught one pass. Uh, the week before, Kendall Wright caught two passes. He was the, uh, yes, and he was the only wide receiver to catch a pass. And in the week before that, Kendall Wright caught four passes, and Marcus Wheaton caught one pass. So there we're talking five and, uh, what, seven, eight completions to wide receivers over the last three games since Mitch Trubisky has been under center. And, yes, it has been conservative play calling, but that says a lot about uh, the inability of these guys to get open. I mean, the talent level. I mean, we are legitimately talking about the Bears playing sixth, seventh uh, string wide receivers. I mean, Trey McBride, uh, Tanner Gentry. I mean, these guys uh, weren't even on the roster. I, I you know, we're we're they're almost going to the streets just to get guys who can catch the football, and it's not working out. And we're seeing, you know, nobody's open. Uh, when you know the the big ter- third and long situations happen, which have happened far too frequently, um, which you like you've mentioned many times is is a is a product of the play calling. But um, you know that's that's allowed defenses to just get after uh, Mitch Trubisky because they know that the wide receivers aren't going to be beating anybody in man coverage. I mean, no one's a risk over there. So at the very least, Inman brings size. He's six three, two hundred and five pounds. Uh, he never he didn't go to the combine in 2011, but he did run a uh, 4.47, I believe, whatever that means at this point. It's probably irrelevant. But here's a guy who obviously loves the game of football because he went to Canada, learned how to play the game up there, and has developed each year. And like you said, you saw a lot of him last year. I actually, I, I, I haven't seen much of him uh, because I don't watch a lot of Chargers games. But I, you know, like you mentioned, he he did show some improvement and stepped into a role. Uh, where the Chargers were really desperate for some production. And over 800 yards, I mean, uh, that's better than anybody on on, uh, Chicago's roster. I mean, combine what anybody's done over the last few years, man, uh, you know, it's it's been real shallow at that end. So now you have a guy who at least brings some experience. You have to think that he uh, should bring some good locker room aura because, like I said, he went to the CFL. He's done it the hard way. He's grinded his way to this point. So I I don't see it. You know, it's a a no-risk situation uh, because it's just a seventh-round pick. And who knows what type of what he's going to be able to do here. I think they're in a good situation. Like you said, you're probably not going to see him a whole lot this week. Uh, they don't want to buy next week. That's going to give them two full weeks to really soak up. It, should be, it would almost be three weeks at that point to really soak up uh, the, the uh, playbook by the time he gets out there and plays in week nine. So I, I think this is a, a real good time for the, the uh, uh, training deadline is next week, correct? 
Yeah, it's uh, Halloween, actually. Yeah, so, uh, you know, this is something that had to get done now. I think it's a good time for it. I think if you're worried about a seventh-round pick, you're, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're being a little too picky here. I mean, we all know how bad the Bears are at wide receiver, and who knows, you know, he, he might step in and provide the spark, any type of spark, uh, in any type of production I think would be welcome right now at that position. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, you know, just a, just a few more things on Inman that kind of caught my eye. Uh, he, he almost reminds me, and he's a, he's a few years older than Cameron Meredith, but he almost reminds me of a Cameron Meredith-type guy. Uh, he you, you you said that he had like 4.47 speed, something like that, and he's he's decently quick because, I mean, he's a, he's a pretty tall guy, uh, and you know, he's a little on the lankier side, but he's also got really good body control. So I think... I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to oversell him. I'm, a, you know, and I'm not trying to say this guy's going to come in and save everything. But I, I do think that f- it's not going to take long for fans to understand uh, how much of an upgrade he is. And but I think the one thing, and I want to get your your uh, perspective on this. The one thing that really caught my eye with this move is that uh, this isn't a move that a team makes if they feel like they're out of it. Um, do you agree with that? Yeah, I I, I do, and I think that. If they hadn't won the last two games, you're, they're probably not buyers at this point in the uh, you know the trade deadline process. But yeah, going three and four, and knowing that they have an opportunity, you know they still have four conference games left to go. Uh, you know the, they're not out of it by any means, and they they realize that, and they know exactly where their deficiency is, and that's at wide receiver, and that's that's hurting the offense, it's hurting their quarterback, it's hurting the run game, I mean, it's it's hurting the defense, because the defense is out there for uh, for so much. I mean, look at last week, I think Carolina won the uh, uh, time of possession battle by almost 17 minutes or something like that, so that's way too much time for the defense to be out there, because the offense just can't sustain drives without anybody to throw to, and I think this you know, like you said, he's not the savior, but if he can just make a tr- the occasional play here and there, just provide a little bit of consistency, uh, you know, somebody to get open for for Trubisky on occasion, that would that would definitely be a step up because nobody's doing it right now. So yeah, I do believe that Ryan Pace uh, is looking at a, you know at the direction of the team in a positive manner. And hey, this may not be the last move he makes. I mean, we've seen him make a lot of in-season moves. Like you mentioned before, it doesn't typically happen where the Bears are getting a player. They're typically uh, set, shipping guys out uh, for draft picks. Um, you, look, you, know, you look at Jonathan Bostic, you look at uh, Jared Allen. I mean, they're, they're, they're always trying to get uh, value for guys that they don't think are worth it. But this is the you know the one time, and those were situations where it didn't look very good and the Bears just needed to get something for guys that weren't producing. This is a scenario where all of a sudden they're winning a couple of games and, and they're going out and buying. So I, th- I think that at least uh, you know for the fans, that shows you know a GM who's willing to be at, at, at the minimum level uh, aggressive enough to go out and at least get a, a guy who's done something at the position i mean right now the cupboard is so bare uh the fact that if he hadn't have done something it would have been uh you know it would have been ignorance on his part so again inman's not not the answer but it is a it is a sign that the, that the ownership and and the coaching staff feels that they're headed in the right direction we'll see there's a big game coming up here against the new orleans saints it's really gonna uh, give us a better idea i think winning at home uh, against the Panthers is great. I think beating uh, a very weak Ravens team, that's that's good too on the road. I mean, all those things are great. But now you're going on the road to face, uh, you know, one of the hottest teams in the NFL where, you know, they've proven to be very hard to stop offensively. And I think that's going to change 
a lot, the the entire approach. Uh, and we talked about it a little bit in, in the in the podcast a couple of days ago, but it's going to change how the Bears are going to have to approach uh, Mitch Trubisky and the way that they they have been using him. I mean, we we said it before this uh, this skewed pass run ratio since he's been under center cannot continue. It's going to get Jordan Howard hurt, and you know it's it's going to be counterproductive. I mean, we are we're already seeing eight nine guys in the box uh, continually every play. So at some point. Uh, you know, whether he's got Inman or anybody to throw to, he's got to start throwing the football. So uh, I was taking a look at some numbers right here, and uh, I believe the Saints are averaging 40 points since in, uh, per game in their last uh, four games during that four-game winning streak, uh, averaging over 14 points in the first half. So I think the odds, I mean, the Bears defense has been playing very good, but I think the odds of keeping of holding the saints down in the same manner that they did the the panthers uh, that's being naively optimistic i think the saints are going to score and i think that it, it could turn into a shootout uh you think there's any chance that the bears go in there in that defense i mean no i know the defense is playing great but man it's almost like a uh, you know you can only hope hope to contain them you're not really going to stop them type of thing with the saints i 100 agree uh, i think when you when you look at this matchup uh this is not a good matchup for the Bears. I mean, I'm just going to be completely honest here. I mean, you look at the numbers and you look at what they've done. And I mean, let's just let's just keep talking about the offense, the Saints offense. I mean, they have been very good and very hard to stop. And I think the one stat that really sticks out to me that is going to be an issue or could be an issue for the Bears uh, is the fact that the Saints have given up five sacks all year and uh, their running games averaging 4.4 yards a carry. I mean, they have been really good. I think they're the the fourth overall uh, offense in the league in terms of like yardage and stuff like that. And I think they're fourth overall in scoring as well. So, I mean, this is this is going to be a huge test for the Bears. And I think the biggest thing, and this is something I wrote about and um, the my what to watch for uh, week eight that I would assume is coming out tomorrow. I can't remember what today is. So. Either way, it is going to be the battle of the trenches, and I think a lot of that is going to start with the defense and the fact that they've got to get to Drew Brees. He's actually been turning the ball over a little bit more than he's used to. Uh, But, I mean, they have so many weapons. Alvin Kamara has been uh, really good with them. Uh, He's, you know, the rookie. I I think, man, I'm drawing a blank on it. I want to say it was Tennessee, but I I know that's not right. Either way, uh, he's been really good. I think he's averaging, like, I want to say it's like close to six yards per carry or something like that. Um, and he's been pretty good out of the backfield, almost like an Ed McCaffrey, or a, sorry, a Christian McCaffrey uh, that can run a little bit better, in my opinion. But it's, man, it's just a, it's a very interesting matchup because you have a, a very high caliber offense going against a defense that's really hit its stride. But I think a lot of this is going to come down to them being able to stop the run, which the Bears really haven't had an issue with this year. Uh, but Drew Brees isn't really a quarterback that you can make you know one dimensional and expect to beat him that way too because they can still outscore you uh, there. So I think probably my biggest key, at least for the Bears' defense, is yeah, th- there's going to be points scored, and but if they can limit the amount of touchdowns that are scored, if they can turn those touchdowns that the Saints have been scoring into field goals, then I think it's going to help. But I 100% agree with you on the Trubisky thing. I mean, th- he's going to have to throw the ball. I'm sorry, but you know this whole that they've been up, you know, 10, 14 points on teams. I don't see that happening against the Saints. I really don't. And that's not a knock against the Bears' defense, but, I mean, the Saints have been probably one of, I'd say, what, the top three team over the last four weeks on a four-game winning streak. 
Yeah, they, and it's a lot has had to do with the, their offense just kind of going off. They scored 56 points a couple of weeks ago against the Lions. They've uh, been mowing through, uh, you know, plowing through the NFC North so far. They beat Green Bay last week, and, you know, and the Bears are behind both those teams in the rankings. So now that you know this steamroller of a team, you know, at home in New Orleans, the Bears have got to draw on the road. Yeah, this is a real tough test. And here's the thing: we we've talked a lot about the secondary and the improvement of Kyle Fuller and and what Prince of Mukamara has brought, what Eddie Jackson has brought. The you know the development of Adrian Amos. We spent a lot of time in the last couple of weeks, especially this uh, past podcast. If you didn't listen to it, go back and listen to it. Uh, we talked a lot about this the secondary, and now they get. Probably their toughest test. I know that you know Pittsburgh was a was a pretty tough test, but that was a home game. That was at where you know uh, at Soldier Field where the, it's it's a slick track. You know you you can't expect teams to put up fifty points at Soldier Field just because the it doesn't you know the the grass and and the way that the, it, the field is set up. You just don't have that type of footing. Now you go into the tur- into the dome. You go into the field turf uh, where they're comfortable. Where they you know the crowd's going to be on their side. They're going to put up some points. So I think you're right. I think. There's really no way that to, to expect the Bears to just come in there and, and, and dominate them, you know. So and so now you get a Saints team where you have Drew, Drew Brees, who I believe uh, is fourth uh, in the NFL in yards per game, and like you mentioned before, third in passing, tenth in ru- rushing, and fourth in, in overall points. Michael Thomas, one of the best young wide receivers in the NFL. They're, it looks like they're going to get Willie Sneed back. Uh, this week, and he might actually get some uh, significant playing time. Ted Ginn has actually looked very good. I mean, Drew Brees is the type of quarterback who makes guys look good. So now the secondary that you know we 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 haven't stopped talking about is really going to be challenging. You know that the Saints are going to throw the football. Saints are kind of interesting though in the fact that they're they're similar to the Patriots and that they will adjust. Uh, to what a defense gives them because like you know they're a top 10 rushing team uh, beyond what they do in the passing game they'll they'll ram it down your throats and after trading adrian peterson it it seems to have kind of uh you know opened up the law jam that was there like you mentioned kamara has been very good for them mark ingram has looked like his old self ever since they got rid of peterson so now this run game's going uh the you know the the passing game is hitting on all cylinders and we're we're going to find out really what this uh, this this secondary is is really made of. If they can go into uh, New Orleans, shut down this passing attack, then we can seriously start talking about this secondary in a legit sense. You know, in terms of them all being young, uh, foundational players that you can go forward with. But I think if this turn, if, if Drew Brees comes out there and carves them up, what, how much confidence are you going to have in the secondary going forward? Oh, I, I think this, and this is the the tough part about a game like this, is the fact that you have a team, the Saints, that are hot. You also have a team in the Bears who have never really been good against the Saints, uh, especially uh, on the road against the Saints. I mean, this is this is going to be an interesting game because you know, obviously, you got the AstroTurf. Uh, I, I think it's going to play well for a few players for the Bears, especially a guy like Tariq Cohen. But I think you know, on the defensive side of the ball. It's going to be interesting to see because, to me at least, especially the secondary, he's looked like the the faster players on the field versus the opposing offenses over the last few weeks. Now, I think part of that's the fact that they've not really faced very good receivers against the Ravens, and then last week, uh, you know, Funches and uh, Funches and Benjamin are more no, you know, more known for you know being bigger guys. So. It's going to be a very interesting matchup because, like you said, I mean, you got Michael Thomas out there. Uh, you've got uh, you know, Willie Sneed. I mean, they they have a good amount of weapons on that team to where 
in even Alvin Kamara coming out of the backfield, and I think Ingram to a certain extent too. So, I mean, this is a team that you just you simply can't take lightly. But at the same time, I don't know. You know, it, it's tough because you face a high caliber offense like this. And let's just say they give up 30, 35 points, which I don't think they will. I think it'll still be somewhere in the 20s. But let's just say it happens. I don't know that you can draw much conclusion from that just for the simple fact that it seems like every team is doing. I mean, the uh, I think what is it? The Lions defense has been pretty good this year outside of that game, although they've been struggling a little bit as of late anyway. But I, I mean, they face some pretty good teams and that's just what they do. So I, I think it's going to be it's definitely going to be an interesting test. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see what the secondary can do, but I'm more focused on the, the front seven and what the defensive line and guys like Leonard Floyd and Pernell McPhee and their pass rushers can do because I mean, like I said, this is an this is an offensive line that's given up five sacks. I mean, they've they've been pretty dominant. Now it looks like Larry Warford's going to be out uh, for a few weeks, so he's going to miss this game. And I know they had another injury, and I'm I'm drawing a blank on what it is. So their offense offensive line is going to be a little bit jumbled, but. Uh, like I said, 4.4 yards per carry is what they're averaging uh, for the run game, and they've given up five sacks. And Drew Brees is has been pretty good, but he's definitely turned the ball over a little bit. So I think this is going to be one of those games for the Bears to where they're going to have to probably force another turnover too. And like I said, I think the biggest key is they're going to give up some points and they're going to give up some touchdowns. Have instead of you know the normal. Uh, you know, four or five drives that end up turning into touchdowns for the Saints. If they can cut that in half and, you know, allow two or three touchdowns and, you know, create a few field goals. And I think that's really going to be the difference in this game. But like you pointed out, the Bears are going to have to throw the ball. They're not going to be able to they're not going to be able to do the same thing that they've done the last few weeks on offense and expect to win the game. They can't follow the same blueprint. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to work. Yeah, you bring up a, a bunch of good points there, but uh, you know, one of the bigger ones is yeah, they are banged up along the offensive line. Warford, their right guard, is one of the best guards in the NFL, and Teron Armstead, their left tackle, has uh, been limited in practice this week with a, with a shoulder injury, so he's not going to be a hundred percent. That's going to offer up opportunities uh, for Leonard Floyd for Pernell McPhee off that blindside edge, but also if you if you're running a backup at right guard, that's a Akeem Hicks territory, and Hicks has just been absolutely dominant. So if he can push a pocket and Drew Brees his face like he did against uh, uh, Cam Newton last week, there's going to be opportunities for turnovers, and the Bears have six turnovers the last couple of weeks. That's the, that's the formula they kind of need to follow uh, you know, in order, to, in order to, to beat the Saints. You know, and the Bears have, are a team that have had a lot of success uh, getting after the quarterback. Six, or I'm sorry, five sacks last week against uh, Cam Newton, three sacks at Joe Flacco. So uh, if they're able to put pressure on him, get those turnovers, that's an opportunity for the Bears to to really, you know, do what nobody thinks they're going to be able to do is go in and, and uh, you know, get this win in New Orleans. A lot of the pressure is going to be put on the defense, that's for sure. But, you know, we, we've alluded to it. Um, you know, the, it, this is going to be the game where we might get a much better idea of what the Bears have in Mitch Trubisky. Um, you know, it's it's really been, we talked about it on the last podcast, it's been very disappointing. Uh, the offense has looked worse under Trubisky than it has under Mike Glennon. The production, the, you know, the results have been better. The Bears have won two out of three games, so it's hard to really get on them. But uh, you're not seeing uh, first round, you're seeing first round flashes, but you're not seeing first round consistency. And I don't I don't think we anybody expects them to be that consistent this early, but we're not seeing really anything. And um, 
I think, you know, if the Bears plan on running the football 50 times, that's nuts. It's not going to happen. I think they pretty much need to come in with a game plan of, hey, we're going to try to run the football. We're going to try and control the clock, win the games, win this game in the way that we have the last couple of weeks. But if that doesn't happen, they need plan B ready to go. And that plan B is going to involve opening up the offense and letting the kids sling it. And, you know, this is the type of game you almost wish they would have made the, the trade for Inman last week to give him a little more time, a little more practice. Uh, because they're they're going to need some plays out of not only the wide receivers, but I think you brought up a good point. This is this could be the game where Crowen kind of gets back into a groove because on that field turf and in, in that dome, uh, you know, in a game where they're probably going to need him a lot in the passing attack, he's probably going to make a few guys miss and, and has the potential for a really you know a couple really big plays that could turn the tide of this game. But I think they got to get the tight ends involved. They got to get a few plays out of the wide receivers and they got to be able to run the ball consistently consistently i don't think if any of those aspects are left out i really don't think they have a chance to keep pace with new orleans unless the defense just has uh, some you know there's out, out an out of the world game and, and and has another three turnover performance if it's just an average performance for the defense and the saints end up storing uh you know their their average weekly total which is 20 20 or i'm sorry uh, 28 and a half points they just do their average weekly total. I don't know if the Bears, you know, it, with a, a restricted offensive attack, have any chance of matching that point total. Well, it's you know, it's one of those games, and it's funny because I think we both have the same feel of Trubisky's going to have to throw the ball and they're going to have to attack through the air. And it's funny that that we both feel that way because. The, the best way to attack the Saints is actually through the running game. I mean, they've been gashed multiple times. They're, they're not very good against the run at all. But but I think it just comes from the philosophy. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, at least speaking for you. But I think it comes with the philosophy with the fact that the Bears can still run the ball consistently. And that's not the issue. But the issue is they can't throw the ball seven times a game. I mean, they are going to have to come out. I think Trubisky's going to have to have 20 to 25 throws if they have any shot of winning the game. And I think he's going to have to be halfway decent. Now I put myself uh, out there a little bit this week. I think maybe I got a little overzealous and I'm sticking with it, but I I think this is going to be Trubisky's uh, breakout game. And I've had, man, I've had multiple and I'm talking probably 50, 60 saints fans in my mentions and all that stuff. So it's going to be fun uh, telling me how, how crazy I am and all that stuff. And I understand because the, the Saints secondary has actually been very impressive. Marshawn Lattimore, the rookie corner out of Ohio State, has been excellent. I mean, he's been one of the better corners in the league this year so far. Uh, they also have a have a good you know have good safety tandem. Kenny Vaccaro has been playing pretty well. Uh, Marcus Williams, a guy out of Utah, has been playing pretty well. Uh, I mean, the, their secondary as a whole has been good. So you look at their defensive stats and you're like, ah, you know, that's kind of middle of the road, maybe a little bit below. But they've been playing at a much better rate over the last few weeks. And I think that's the biggest key here. I think they have, I think it was like 15 sacks over the last four games. Uh, their secondary has been very active. So, I mean, this is not going to be an easy game. But at the same time, I just, I think it's something that the Bears are going to have to do. I mean, it's just... They're not going to be able to run the ball and control the clock uh, down 10 points. It's just not going to happen. That's just not a recipe for success, and I think something like that is going to happen. I think the Bears are going to find themselves down at some point, and it may not just be three points or a touchdown. I mean, they may find themselves down two scores, and I'm sorry, but you cannot run the same game plan doing that, and I think really that's going to involve Trubisky getting involved. Uh, But, yeah, Detroit Cohen's a guy for me that I think is going to – I think he's going to have – 
an expanded role in the receiving game this week. I think we're going to see more of Kendall Wright. I think we almost have to. Uh, if Inman plays, I don't think it's going to be that much. Maybe 5, 10, maybe 15 snaps if he's lucky. But this is going to be uh, this is going to be an interesting test because the Bears, the Bears receivers and offense as a whole had a lot of issues against the Ravens secondary. And at least by the numbers over the last few weeks, uh, secondary has been playing on a whole nother level from that. So it's it's man, it, it, like I said, it doesn't really seem like a good matchup for the Bears. But I'm also not going to count the Bears out. I think this is a game that they could win. They absolutely need to win it. But it's going to be a very very difficult game for them to win. Yeah, and the Saints right now rank, uh, I believe the set they're ranked seventh in the NFL. Uh, in total interceptions they're a top 10 team in total takeaways and a lot like you said a lot of that has come over that four game stretch they, their defense looked horrible the first couple of weeks and like you said something happened a few guys started to play better uh and and, and a few things clicked and they've been very t- tough to score against they've been turning the uh taking the ball away and you know they're going to be looking to do that against Trubisky and I know the Bears would love it to be able to just pound that rock and not you know put him in those tough positions but they're putting him in those tough positions by being so predictable in the play calling so we need to see more passing on first downs you know teams are just sitting on the play action rollout so I don't know what they need to do to to, to get better in that area maybe just drop them back and let them play in the pocket and you know not try and move him so much i know he's great on the move but you know teams are ready for it teams are sitting on it so maybe let him sit in the pocket you know get through work through his progressions and see what he can do against this defense make sure cameron jordan is blocked don't let him through on the blind side uh to to be disruptive in the backfield and then maybe you have a chance but you know again this is such a tough, tough, such a tough test. I mean, I I didn't give them a whole lot of. Uh, I, I I felt they had an opportunity in Baltimore, and I, I thought they had a little bit of an opportunity last week. But this is one of those where I re- I mean, I I'm I wouldn't say I'd be shocked to see them win, but this is a this is the test. This is the game right here. This is the pivotal moment in the season where you're we're either going to be talking about a three and five team that uh, you know most likely isn't going to make the playoffs is going to have to go you know basically 7-1 or whatever it is down the way uh the rest of the way to, to make the playoffs or we're talking about a form four team that's won three straight nfc games going or i'm sorry two straight nfc games going into the bye i mean that's huge there's there's a huge difference right there and this is the type of game against this type of team on the road where you can really establish yourself as as a player in the nfl and that if you're able to do that, if they're able to win this game, go into the bye, build on that, the, you start the, that's when that culture sta- change starts to happen. And we haven't, you know, it's been a long time since the culture has changed at all in Chicago. And, the, you know, the big reason is they just haven't been able to stack wins. I mean, other than Mark Tressman's first year, uh, yeah, it's been a long time since they've even, you know, been considered anything more than on the same level as teams like the Browns. So this is now an opportunity for them to really, you know, put their stake, you know, put their flag in the ground and say, hey, we're here for real. Uh, you know, we're, we're this is a team that needs to be dealt with. And, you know, I think if they get blown out in New Orleans and it's the same old Bears, I really do. Yeah, I, I, I can't disagree with that. I mean, and that's kind of. It's at a very critical point in the season. I, I don't think three and five, you know, absolutely puts the dagger in their season by any means, but it definitely, man, that, that just makes it all the more tough. Right now they're a game and a half. Uh, no, sorry, a game. No, I think it is a game and a half because I don't think the Green Bay played. Yeah, the Green Bay did play this last week, so maybe it is a game. Uh, either way, uh, of a wild card spot, there's a lot of teams that they'd have to jump. 
and they're two games back of, of Minnesota right now. And you look at this, you look at what the Bears have in the second half, and you look at this game. And I would say probably outside of the Eagles and you know maybe the Vikings, but they always seem to play the Vikings pretty decently well. I'd say outside of the Eagles, this is probably the hardest team they have left on their schedule. And I think what makes the Saints so hard is because they're at home. I think this would be a little bit different of a scenario if they were on the road. Uh, with that being said, I think the last time I checked, the line was at like I, I think the the Saints were like nine point favorites, which I, the, the Steelers had a very similar line when they played the Bears, even uh, even though the Bears were at home that game. So this is this is going to be a tough one. I mean, there's really no way around it. I, I I'll be honest and say I'm right there with you. I I have a hard time seeing the Bears win this game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means, but I also think it's going to be one of those. I think Dan Weederer was the one saying it earlier this week. This is a reality check. I mean, this is a big check for the Bears. Uh, you go into the bye week at four and four, and you look at that schedule in the second half. You got San Francisco and Cleveland, who haven't even won a game yet. You got the Bengals, who've won two games, and they've looked pretty bad uh, throughout the season. I mean, those are three three games that you should be able to win. Uh, you've got Detroit. Uh, you got Green Bay coming right out of the bye week, which without Aaron Rodgers at home. Uh, I mean, they have the chance really right off the bat if they were to win this game to be able to come out in the second half swing and, and be able to position themselves at, you know, five and four, six and four, uh, so on and so forth. But it all starts at this game. And this is just a this is a big game. I mean, there's really no other way around it. And it's it's unfortunate that it has to come uh, right before the bye like this, because I think they'd be a little bit better, better off position if this was a week 10 game. Uh, but it's, it's one of those, you know, I watched the Panthers and I, the Panthers were a team I was really worried about with the bears. You know, I, I sat there and watched them dominate a few teams and it took that one week and they were, they still looked pretty good against Philadelphia, but they weren't quite the same team. And then bears came in and they, they were up, you know, 14, nothing. And then they ended up 17, three. So I don't think it's going to be one of those games. Um, but it's just, man, I, I have a very hard time seeing them win the game. But I do think it's going to be close. But I think you're right. I mean, three and five is it's not like I said, it's not a death sentence, but it's it's also uh, it's about as close as you're going to get. Uh, man, I don't know. I I don't know how much time we got left, but I, I figure at some point we'll actually get to the game predictions and we can kind of yeah. see where each other's at. But uh, man, well, I don't I, know. I, I hate to say it, but it's just I'm not overly confident in this game. Well, then I I wasn't either in the last couple of weeks, so that you know. I didn't predict that they would win either game. So I think that's a really good term, reality check. This is a reality check. I think this is also a potential uh, a breakout game for, for Mitch Trubisky. I think there's a lot on the line here. And, you know, again, and if they come out and get pummeled, no, 3-5 and five isn't the end of the end of the world. You can come back from that. Uh, but then, you know, you're looking at maybe, you know, you can only lose two games at the most the rest of the season. That's And, you know, the schedule is much easier, I agree. But, man, you come out of there 4-4 four and four with that easy schedule coming off the bye. And, you know, you have the potential to maybe get yourself to, you know, say 7-5 and five or something like that, 8-5. and five. Then, you know, then things are for real. So, yeah, reality check is a great way to look at it. Uh, we are running low on time, so why don't you offer up your uh, your prediction first? Because, uh, you know what, I'm going to say 27-20 the Saints. I think, I think Trubisky is going to go for about 250, 275. I'll say a pair of touchdowns, and I'm just going to say an interception just because their secondary has been playing well. I think it will be close, but I just don't think the Bears are going to be able to bridge that gap. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm going to actually say 31-17. I, I think the Bears' defense has played very well, and they have an opportunity. But I think you know if the offense doesn't do their part, 
uh, you know, the Bears defense is going to get worn down, and I could see the Saints really rolling them up in the second half. Saints have been really outstanding in the second half during this four-game win streak for them. So, uh, you know, if that Bears defense, which has played a lot of snaps over the last few weeks, if they start to get worn down, uh, because of the, because of the in, uh, inability of the offense to sustain any drives, then uh, yeah, I don't. I just don't see him being able to stop Drew Brees. So uh, you know, hopefully we're both wrong for the sake of Bears fans, and we're talking over a, the bye week about a four and four football team. Uh, prove us wrong, guys. They proved me wrong the last two weeks, and I and I keep I keep going against him. I, I apologize to Bears fans, but you know this is that game that where if if they do win this game, I'll probably probably be picking them to win for the rest of the season because i do think that reality check is a great way to look at this game and and see see how they come out of this it's not the end of the world if they lose but if they can if they even if they make this game real close and they compete and it comes down to a late late game field goal or something i think that would at least show us that hey they they have what it takes, and if you can rip out you know three out of four coming out of the coming out of the bye, you're still in it. So uh, hopefully it's a great weekend for everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. You can follow Aaron on Twitter at Aaron Lemming NFL. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Bear Report. Uh, check out all our work on our Bear Report Facebook page as well as BearReport.com. If you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And come talk to us every day on the Bear Report message boards. That's it, guys. Saints this weekend in New Orleans. We will be back next Monday, hopefully talking about a Bears win. Have a great weekend, everyone. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.